On today's episode, we have an amazing giveaway contest for one of our lucky listeners. You are not going to want to miss this, so stay tuned. As this year is winding down and it's not been a very big year for any of us, shit. I mean, I've filmed it a couple of different places in the country and every single person I've spoken to has said it's been their worst year on record. That said, we have a bit of good news that hit us, Lawrence. Yeah, thank goodness the SAG and writer strike has come to an end. Of course, <laughs> oh, at, the yes. at the time of this recording, the contract has not been ratified by the members yet, but it is in process. And that's what we're talking about today. We're going to dive into the tentative agreement that SAG has struck with the AMPTP, go into some of the details and try and decipher what it all means and how it's going to affect the industry. Please let it bring work back to L.A. because nobody I know has filmed in L.A. this year more than I once. I haven't shot in L.A. I think I shot once in January and that's it. I've been all over the country, yep. but not in L.A. So if you want to learn all about the SAG contract and what the actors have successfully negotiated, stick around, grab a drink, hit the intro. Welcome to the Producers Happy Hour with your hosts, Sister Christian and Lawrence Lewis. We are two producers with over 20 years of experience each, chatting over drinks about what it means and what it takes to be a good producer. Join us for insightful interviews and informative show topics that will help you get through your toughest jobs, biggest production challenges, and most difficult clients. So grab a drink. You're going to need it. And let's get to it. Because making shit is hard. Sister Christian, you're back. You've been gone. I'm so happy to see your face on my computer screen. <laughs> How was your trip? It was a great job because I worked with great people, but I ran into a situation where uh, not enough time, money, or resources to make it happen, and I'm exhausted. What? What? That I don't. <laughs> really? <laughs> I'm exhausted. And I know <laughs> and I know that our last show we talked about like some, you know, instances where something had happened to us on set and how would you handle it and such. I just I feel like we might need to do a show on how to handle some really difficult situations like like really how do you prepare a team to be over budget? Or how do you, because I can tell you yeah. that most jobs these days are just, you know, they're just so tight. But tight. I'm back, very excited about, you know, being home. <laughs> <laughs> Good. <laughs> yeah. Um, how are you? What's going on over here? Same. I, I wrapped up a project and it's been uh, crickets for a little bit. But then as soon as the uh, SAG announced that the strike was over, I don't know how it's related, but it's all related. I got started getting calls for bidding. So I've been doing a lot of bidding. And, <gasps> oh, thank um, goodness. Yeah. So hopefully one of these jobs will come through and and uh, we'll I'll, I'll be on it. But I'm just happy to be bidding. Yeah. I mean, bidding is the first... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the yeah. first part of doing a it's job, It's the first right? part. It means things are happening. And <laughs> and my partner is a treatment designer, and so he just got an email about designing a treatment. So that makes it sound like things are stirring and th there's activity happening and boards are moving, and that's all a good thing. Yeah, it's been dead. <laughs> well, um, what are you drinking today? Oh, my God. Okay, so today I'm having, uh, it's called the Mary Pickford Cocktail. Oh, and how fun. I picked it because we're going to go through the SAG contract. And Mary Pickford, not only was she a talented performer, but she was a creative producer and a very savvy business person who helped shape the film industry as we know it today. Mm -hmm. You know, um, she was 
Behind the scenes, she worked as a producer, and but she was also, more importantly, a board member of United Artists. Uh, um, and she was also the founder of the Society of Independent Motion Picture Producers in 1941. So she is a cornerstone of this industry in which we now work today. So this cocktail celebrates her. It's half part Bacardi rum, half part pineapple juice. I went a little lighter on the pineapple juice. Uh, one teaspoon of grenadine and six drops of maraschino liqueur. Oh, that sounds delicious. I yeah. would drink the shit out of that. Yeah. All right, Miss Mary. <laughs> Come on, Mary. <laughs> Let's go. I'm having um, your classic uh, Hollywood cocktail, in my opinion, is a martini. I happen to be recording this show on a very early morning, so I figured it was perfect timing. For this. <laughs> it's a breakfast martini. Is it vodka or gin? Vodka, honey. Vodka I mean, I know martini. what the, uh, yeah, like I, I know what the tradition is, but uh-huh. um, just a vodka, you know. All right, well, cheers. Cheers. Lawrence, before we get started, though, since we're talking about union contracts today, the mega big SAG contract that we all <laughs> want to know about, we have to mention our new learning course, which also is about <laughs> union contracts. It is. And, you know, these union contracts sometimes, especially if you're new in the industry, they can be very daunting, very tangled, a lot of terms that you don't understand. Uh, but it's not really all that scary. We are here to give you the tools you need to untangle the mystery of these contracts. Those agreements can be like a maze, like a for your mental, emotional, physical capacity, all of it. <laughs> but guess what? We've got the solution. Our latest course, Demystifying Union Contracts, a production team's guide. And this course is a game changer. It will take you from feeling overwhelmed and fearful about the unions to becoming a full-on expert. It empowers you to confidently navigate the complex world of union contracts. And spoiler alert, it's not all that complex once you understand it. It's an online video course packed with over an hour of content. Not only have we broken down every intricate detail, every union contract term, and every crucial concept, (laughs) but we put them all together with real-life scenarios to help you see how these terms affect your production schedule, your budget, and your relationship with your crew. So if you've ever felt like unions are an obstacle, we're here to clear the path for you. You can sign up at producershappyhour.com slash courses. Stay tuned too, because we have even more incredible courses in the works. It's time to enhance your production style and validate your current knowledge. Okay. Now, one more thing before we get to the content of today's show, as mentioned at the top of the show, we have partnered with Glenn Schuster at Zen Space Studio. Zenspace is a 12,000-square-foot open daylight studio loft in northern New Jersey, just 12 miles from the Lincoln Tunnel. Glenn is generously offering to one of our listeners a free 10-hour filming day. You heard that right, 10-hour <laughs> filming day. This is for either video or a stills team. And if you don't know Zenspace, you got to check them out at zenspacestudio.com. It's a massive column-free shooting area, no columns in your way, high ceilings, daylight streaming through like 18 windows, and there's a separate area for client lounge, hair, makeup, wardrobe, etc. That is right. Glenn is including everything for free. Again, this is for free. Glenn is including everything they have in the space. Modern kitchen setup, props, furniture, wardrobe racks with hangers, iron, ironing boards, steamer, Italian espresso machine, (laughs) high-speed Wi-Fi, Bluetooth sound system, ping-pong foosball tables, rolling hampers, wireless printer, folding tables, chairs. Holy shit, it's everything. 
And there's plenty of free parking on site and no permit is needed to film here. Nice. Yeah. Lot, tons of free in that. <laughs> here are some stipulations though, okay, everyone? There are a few yeah, rules. Yeah, yeah. So max crew size is 20 people. For projects with more than 20 people, an additional fee will apply to be determined based on the size and scope of the shoot. And of course, if you need more than one day, you can pay for the other days if you need a three-day shoot. Pay for three, one's free. Enjoy the savings. The rental must take place within the next six months. And of course, it's based on studio availability. So don't just think, hey, I can do this <laughs> whenever tomorrow. <I> want. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you might so be booked. you have to give him some time. Uh, and exactly. this doesn't include equipment rentals. He's got C stands and Apple boxes, sandbags, tripods, etc. And he's got wall flats. Those are not included in this uh, free deal. Crews are welcome to bring their own gear though. So that's important. Or they also have a relationship with local vendor that can offer good rates and have gear delivered. You know, no must, no fuss. And here's how you're going to win. So listen up. We're going to post on Instagram the day this episode comes out, which in theory is Tuesday, November 21st, unless we have too many martinis. <laughs> um, and it's going to be a post about Zen Space. So look for it on Instagram. And uh, there's going to be instructions in the captions on how to enter. But I'm going to tell you what they are. First, follow us on Instagram. It's at Producers Happy Hour. Second, follow Zen Studios on Instagram. They're at Zen underscore space underscore studio. Third, like the post. Four, tag your favorite production partner, who, your, your, your line producer, your production manager, your EP, tag somebody, and then reshare the post in your IG stories. We're going to check to make sure you do all of these things. So be sure you do everything on that list. And everyone who does this before Friday, December 1st, will be entered into a drawing to win the free studio day. Mm -hmm. We will do the drawing live on Instagram with Glenn from Zen Space. And, and of course, we will post about a time and date that our IG Live will be so you can join us. Please come join us. It'll be fun. Yeah, yeah. We'll have drinks, of course, as well. So, uh, and, and Glenn's <laughs> going to join us. Um, so uh, get to it. That post will be out. If you're listening to this right now, the post is out. So go look for it on Instagram and follow the instructions and good luck to win a free filming day at Zen Space Studio. Yes, good luck. And now on with the show. All right, so there's a ton of stuff to talk about in this contract. We're going to try and Ooh, so much. simplify it as much as possible and zip through it. The first thing I think we should talk about is rates. There's a lot of a lot of places to learn about this too. So, you know, if you're not on our episode guide, be sure to sign up to the episode guide and we are going to send you in that guide a bunch of links so you can learn about the contract on your own. But first, rates. This is kind of a pretty big increase that they've been able to huge, negotiate. I thought. So yeah. minimums shall increase by 7% starting November 9th, which has already passed, um, effective November 9th. And then another 4% effective July 1st, 2024. And then another 3.5% effective July 1st, 2025, which is the typical, it's a little more than typical because it's usually a 3% increase. These increases shall be compounded, except in some specific situations, there are no increases to penalties or other allowances, just the base rate, just the scale rate. Boo. No, I'm kidding. It's still pretty good, um, but also penalties can rack up. So, you know, I, I understand um, those not increasing. I would rather take the wage increase than I would a penalty increase. 
So if I had to choose between the two. Yeah. Yeah. So that's rates. Pretty simple. Pretty solid. I think. Good job there. I think they're trying to catch up to inflation is what they're really trying to do. (laughs) Aren't we all? (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) All right. Now, here is the hottest topic everyone's clamoring about, right? Artificial intelligence. Okay. Yeah. Even SAG admits that this is not perfect. So let's Mm. get that out there. But was anything going to be perfect with technology that we don't know yet the implications of? You know, we can only guess. (laughs) But they claim nobody has negotiated a very detailed specific provisions regarding AI before. So prior to this negotiation, it had never been done. So let's just start there. They were starting at the very beginning. This agreement focuses on two things, informed consent, which is key, Mm -hmm. and fair compensation, which is, you know, something that all unions strive to have, right? But I think the informed consent is very important here. And, uh, you know, some of this AI stuff was the very last, were the very last points that they were negotiating, like down to day 118, they were still putting the final T's and I's in in this this part of the contract. And it's also, they're going up against major, major companies, not just movie studios that they're used to negotiating with, right? They're going up against Amazon and Netflix and these these billion-dollar companies. So they're pretty excited that they got uh, where they got to. Yeah. And as we always said, this was a power struggle from the beginning. Oh, my God. Yeah. Right? It wasn't about the money. Mm Mm-mm. The, the large corporations can afford it. Yep. It was really about power and what they're going to be allowed to do 50 years from now. Exactly. This was setting a precedent. So I'm very proud of SAG for um, at least being able to hold their own. Yes, exactly. Um, okay, so employment-based digital replicas is where <laughs> we're going to start. So again, this, is all, this all goes into terms and, terms and conditions that you need to know, right? So when a right. producer hires you, you being an actor, a SAG after actor member, when a producer hires you to work on a project and as a part of that project, they create a digital replica of you. That means you go get scanned, right? Either your face or your whole body. So if that happens, they are required to give you 48 hours notice and clear and conspicuous consent for the creation of the use. Oh, so they need to tell you why. So they can't just say, hey, we just want to scan you just in case. They have, they have to, to actually have to have you purpose. Why? What is the intention <laughs> of that replica? Right? Only fans. <laughs> the time spent in making that replica, like you got to go to a studio, it's a whole day. You're going to get paid for that time, as it should be. I hope. Right, right, right. <laughs> then when they use the replica in a project, in that project, they have to pay you mm. compensation plus P&W and residuals based on the time it would have taken you to do that work if you had done it in person. Now, I don't know how they base wait, it. Yeah, like, wait a minute. <laughs> be, because, you know, it's like, how long does it take to film eight pages? You know, if you're on, in, if you're on a tiny film, you're going you're gonna to nail eight pages in a day or you're, you're underwater uh-huh. on a major motion picture eight days. Oh, my God, you, that's a, that probably could be a whole week. So, right, I, like, who are they going to believe here? Is it going to be, like, the DGA, the first AD? Like how like how they would have scheduled it, but you know, I guess they could maybe they could maybe tie it to if there are live actors <laughs> with a digital replica. If it took the live actors three days to film the scene, it's three days. Oh, now that's a smart that that I yes that right. makes sense because um you know as we've talked about before Bruce Willis yeah. the Bruce Willis effect where you know but I also know Nick Cage I was thinking about this this morning Nick Cage puts out like 10 movies a year it feels like yeah. <laughs> I wonder if in his contract it says yes I'll do your movie but you have 8 days with me oh interesting 
Yeah, that I started to think about it. Like, how can you churn out so many movies? Well, it comes down to like, yes, you know, yes, I'll do your movie, but you have four hours a day for yeah. three days in a row. <laughs> right, right, right. Another point in this is that that you the actor is allowed to negotiate from minimum scale all the way to whatever they can negotiate to. So just like just like as if they were on set normally. Now the next point in this is that uh, you have the additional right, you being a SAG actor, have an additional right to consent separately, not at the time of employment, for any other use of this digital replica, right? So that means if they all of a sudden have an idea, they have to come back to you to get a second, oh, got it. right? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. you're not signing away some other thing at the point of engagement. Right. Well, that's going to be interesting to track, right? There's an exemption, and that's multi-picture projects where there already is something identified specifically as a part of that engagement. So if you're being hired for three movies and you sign rights for a digital replica, you're signing them to the rights for three movies of that digital replica. Right. So, so you, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, because I would say, the one thing I would say on this is language is going to count so much. Mm -hmm. I just went through um, about a month and a half of corporate usage terms oh being lawyered to death, like lawyer, lawyer, to death. Lawyer, lawyer, pants on fire. Uh, uh -huh. Because the usage terms had already gone out for casting call. Uh -huh. So um, they didn't quite fit. I, like After the fact, even though everyone had agreed to them beforehand, there was some discussion on, can we do this? Can we not do this? And I was like, please show me the language that your lawyers come up with and I will show it to the agents because that's all we could do at that point. So it was right. literally six weeks of going back and forth on language and words. So that's what I could see starting to happen with this stuff, for sure. Yeah, yeah. The, need to read your contracts. Need to read your contracts, <laughs> and the, the language has to be tight on what you are consenting to of your digital replica. Super specific. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know what that language mm -hmm. looks like yet, but I'm sure we'll start seeing it soon. <laughs> I agree. Hey, Christian, what's the most important thing about film production? The setup, pre-production, the most yeah. important part. But you know what? A lot of people think that, but you're kind of missing a step. Oh, right. The kickoff calls, because that's how you set up your prep. Right. That's where you got to get all the right questions answered at the right time and set deadlines for those answers so you can put your prep on the right path to success. Exactly. Right. And this can be accomplished with four kickoff calls. You need at least four, in my opinion. And I think for us producers, the most important one is the one with your producing partner, either the ad agency producer or your main client contact, because that's where, like you said, set the tone, set expectations, give them deadlines for when you need these answers, because timelines are already way too short for prep. I know we could always use more prep time, right? And budgets are shrinking, so don't waste any time. So what we've done is we put together our top seven questions that you should ask your agency producer or client now on that very first kickoff call. Not only does it help answer questions that you may have, it also allows you to set the tone and, you know, establish yourself as the leader of the project, <laughs> which is also a very important step as well. So we'll put a link in the show notes where you can get on our website and take a listen to our free audio bonus. Another delightful conversation between me and Sister Christian about <laughs> best ways of setting yourself up for success. Yeah, it's a page turner. <laughs> <laughs> Check it out. Okay, now there's this category of independently created digital replicas. This has already been happening in voiceover. 
people are making clones of themselves already. And if, if they aren't doing it now, if it's not affordable now, I mean, gosh, give it, give it three years and, you know, mm. you and I could be able to afford. <laughs> give it two months. True. So independently create a digital replica. That's when a company licenses a digital replica of you that either you or a company that you teamed up with to create a digital replica of yourself make available for use in projects. Oh, like stock photos. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. No. God, I missed no. I missed my calling to be a stock photo model, I think. I know. I know. <laughs> I was like, giving high fives true. in conference rooms. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, but mm, being a mm-hmm. lab coat, <laughs> yeah. okay, a, a female scientist. A, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, you know, it's going to it's gonna be here soon enough. You're going to be able to team up with somebody, digitally replicate yourself, and license mm. it out to projects. So, if a studio <sighs> wants to only license your replica mm-hmm. and not hire you, mm-hmm. there is an additional requirement of informed consent. Yeah. So you, oh. so you have to be notified, right? Yes. It sounds like um, th- this is trying to protect you from that one photographer who took your stock photos mm-hmm, exactly, <laughs> and paid you a hundred bucks for the day. And then you signed your life away and that's being used now for 20 years on the front of a science book, right? Um, or website <laughs> template. You're on every website template. You're in Canva. You're on everyone's, you know, business flyer. So what, so I'm assuming what they're trying to prevent from is a replica company saying, I'll scan you, having you sign something where they own it, and then they sell it to whomever. This is what they're trying to prevent. Yes. And they are also trying to prevent that you you make your own that you partner with and you're licensing it, that if somebody licenses every use that happens, every licensee that comes for your, your replica, you have the right to say no to. That's the thing. It's not a blanket. Exactly. Again, okay. this all goes back to informed consent. Like this and is the focus of this jobs. agreement. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. So now another provision, even though you may have licensed the digital replica to a studio or to a production company, or you partnered with somebody who's doing it on your behalf, you have your own individual right to know reasonably specific intended usage of that replica. So like if it is only fans, you have the right to say no. Right. Right. You can say yes or no to that. So, and you can also, again, you can negotiate your own compensation for whatever it is on top of whatever just your standard licensing fee is for your replica, including P&W. Oh, so, wow. you know, if, if like you're, if you're, it's like independent film, sure, here's my thing, $1,000 a day or whatever it is. Yeah. And you have but to then if it's like, welfare. Yeah. Yeah. But if it's like, we want to use it for OnlyFans or we want to put it in a Marvel movie, you can go above and beyond the licensing fee. You have the right to negotiate higher than. Some yeah. set right. I love that. Okay, digital alterations is another category that they're covered in this agreement. And that's when you take AI tools and use them to make adjustments to the performance you gave, <laughs> right? So um, it's, it's basically, they, they're trying to give the right to the studios to use AI just like they use any other thing in post-production right. in terms of editing, CGI, special effects, VFX, and um, but they're just going to allow AI to be one more tool in that toolbox. Mm-hmm. So there are a few things that they can do as a part of their post-production process. Um, and if, if, if it's beyond them, they need, again, informed consent from you. That's so interesting. Here's what they can do. They can mm-hmm. do anything as long as it remains 
substantially as scripted, performed, or recorded. So they can't just create new scenes out of the blue that weren't in the script or you didn't perform. Got it. Secondly, they're allowed to do post-production alterations. Right. Like dubbing issues for localization, lip and face movements to help with translation, uh, taking care of a glitch in audio. Right. Right, if they have to patch your voice or something. But they can't change it from what's scripted unless you agree, give consent if they want to change a line, right? And then they can also fix something for rating purposes. So I think instead of having to loop, holy darn, (laughs) instead of, you know, (laughs) fucking hell or whatever it was you said. (laughs) Holy darn. um, (laughs) Holy darn. (laughs) They can can probably do that. Um, And then the other thing that they can do, there's limited information on this one, but when the use of a double is permitted... Assuming that's a stunt double and the, you know, there, there's a fight scene and they put your face on top of somebody else. Got it. Yeah. Or okay. a body double. You yeah. know, maybe they need mm-hmm. to fix some blemishes on a body or something like that. If it's on right. a double, they can, they can do that. Right. Next is generative AI. So this is a huge, mm-hmm. you know, oh my God, what are we, how are we, what are we going to do with generative AI? So this is technology, as you know, that takes a bunch of inputs and uses them to create a synthetic output. Right. And SAG is defining this in terms of the actor as synthetic fakes. Okay. So you're going to start hearing that term a lot. And what they've done is uh, for generative AI, uh, one major step that they did, again, as they're saying, they've achieved a broad protective definition of generative AI. And that's okay. important. You can't talk about something and regulate it until you define it. So they've agreed on a definition, which is great. Um, what uh, the agreement does is it requires companies to notify SAG, SAG-AFTRA, and give them an opportunity to negotiate compensation whenever a synthetic fake is going to be used. Okay. So if, you, if they've made up an actor out of thin air, that's going to be in a SAG movie. Got it. Got it. They still have to negotiate with SAG on what kind of compensation is going to go into, at least, you know, I don't know where the money goes. But yeah. They had to be notified and an op- uh, option to, to negotiate. Maybe it goes back to having to um, pay P&W on the role. Yeah, probably. A shadow yeah. role or something. Yeah, yeah like exactly. we do now. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Right. And then this next point, this was the very last negotiation point they did before they, they got to the, uh, to the to, you know, this, this agreement and, and mm-hmm. the strike. An informed consent right is given to any performer who has a recognizable facial feature incorporated into mm-hmm. a synthetic fake performer. Okay. Now, this is fascinating because okay. this is very forward thinking, I have to admit. Mm-hmm. Like, wow, I never even thought of this. If an actor's name is used as a prompt in a generative AI system mm. to create a character that has maybe a recognizable smile or mm-hmm. someone's eyes or other facial features, and if there's multiple people that were used to create this character, each individual performer, how, however they might be in, implicated, has a right to consent, approval, and negotiation. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. So somebody like, say, um, Tommy Lee Jones has one of those faces, right? That's like, you know, mm-hmm. haggard and all yep. that. So if you go in and you say, give me the 
skin of Ray Liotta. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> the uh-huh. haggardness of, you know, the nose of Tommy of James Lee Jones Con and the, the Tommy Lee yeah. you know, handsomeness of George Clooney. So you have to tell SAG that you, that's how you came up with this person. And then those how. three actors have to consent on it. No, this is where my brain went whenever you read that to me. So. Yeah. That's, huh. that's what this is saying. I don't know how that is trackable. But, but that right. seems like an honor system to say, hey, SAG, we did this. Yeah. Right. Like Chris Pine's lips and um, <laughs> Chris Evans's eyes and give me Chris Helmsworth's cheeks. That kind of shit. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'd mm-hmm. like to see that, actually. I wouldn't turn that now, away. Now, what's, what's interesting is in, in the, the material I looked at to, to, to get all this information, they didn't talk about voice. And I think the most obvious one, Fran Drescher's voice. Mm-hmm. You know, what about voice in an, in an on-camera uh, synthetic fake? I think that probably should be covered as well, but it, they didn't specifically say this in this outline, so I don't know. Now, this is the other amazing thing that they did. They negotiated that they are going to meet semi-annually, twice a year, to discuss generative AI, and I'm assuming with, you know, uh, technology right. companies and studios. Uh, and and so they're going to discuss it twice a year, see where it's at, what's going on. And it also allows them to include efforts to learn what they intend to do in the future with with um, GAI and help wow. make sure that it isn't used to perpetuate any biases that have entered into the GAI systems, right? Because GAI only learns from what we put into it. And as we've known, sometimes it spits out some pretty biased, racist things. Yes. Because guess what? We put them in there. People, humans are pretty biased humans. and racist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's human nature. So um, it, it, it sounds like, it, you know, GAI only knows the past and they want to avoid repeating the past. So I think they're working with them to make sure that, uh, you know, those biases don't um, permeate the system. As groundbreaking as this is, it, it, this, I, I, I just, my trust issues, like I, I start to like, you know, get yeah, a little I bit, I have a hairy feeling on like, mm-hmm. sure, I, we can meet with, and if you're meeting every six months, let's take, let's, let's face it, you're actually meeting all the time. Because, mm-hmm. it, it, you know, you're setting up the meeting, then you go to the meeting, then you have to after meetings, and then you have pre-meetings. So you're just meeting all the time about this. You got to recap whatever. the meeting. You got to analyze right. the meeting. Yeah. But what? But yeah, the meetings are great. But as we've learned with social media companies, they don't tell you everything. Streaming companies, we don't even know how much, you know, like they're, we, we don't know the algorithm of how we see things or how many people are actually watching um, each show because they don't publish that shit. So great that we're meeting about it, but, you know, I guess I just get a little trust issue there on whether yeah. or not I'm being told what is accurate. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We have to, um, I don't know if there is any sort of uh, committee that uh, kind of <laughs> oversees it, but. Let's get him on the show. If you're listening, we want to talk to you. (laughs) Okay. I want to finish talking about background actors, and then I want to hear from you, Christian, about residuals. Yes. Or what they call bonuses. Okay. So we're we're running long, so I'm going to blow through this. Background actors, all the same stuff. Basically, all the same 48-hour notice, informed that they're going to be digitally replicated. All those things apply. Um, And most importantly... Um, if they want to create a principal performance out of a digital replica, that actor mm-hmm. must be paid as a principal, including P&W and residuals, based oh. on the amount of time it would have taken them to do the work. So you can't okay. turn a background digital 
fake of an extra, give them a line to make them a principal and avoid paying a principal person. So that's great. The other yes. thing that's important is that the background count, you know, you know, you have to have X amount of SAG before you can start hiring non-union mm-hmm. background. Uh, that can't be satisfied by digital replicas. Oh, good. So you still, you still have to hire however, humans. whatever the count is, humans, <laughs> to fulfill your SAG after count of background actors before you can yeah. start hiring non-union like and digital replicas. 55 or something, yeah, exactly. Yeah, whatever it is. Um, yeah. And then the last thing, is this important? Let's see. Yes. And then the last thing, if a, if a background performer has a replica created and it's used, that replica cannot be used to evade the engagement of that background actor. So like if, they, if, if you know, you're, you have this background actor and, and say maybe they had to do a quick reshoot, you still have to re-engage that actor to use their digital replica. Ah. Oh, yeah. So it goes back to informed consent. And payment. And payment. Right. Yeah. You cannot just like, now that you have my likeness, you can't just use it without me knowing. Yes. And then with digital alterations, again, you can't adjust facial movements of a background actor to make it look like they're speaking one of those looped lines, right, uh, that you hear. So if, you, if, if they make it look like a background actor said something, uh, they get upgraded to a principal. Oh, Great. Yeah. Again, you're these like are, these uh, are really good things. They're really good things, and they they're it's a great start to um, a technology that we have no idea how it's going to affect the industry. The re- somebody who's yeah. really thinking about this. Yes. Finally, um, streaming services are going to start paying residuals, which we're very excited <laughs> about because that has been a big sticking point along with AI on these contracts. Like streaming services are notorious to keep all of that information, you know, close so that they don't have to tell people how successful they are. Right. Which is fucking bullshit. So I know what I know when I I know when I go on to any of the 15 streaming services that we currently have, you're like most popular show. Like, how do I know that? No, what you're telling me it's the most popular show. What is that based on? And they've been notorious about this for since the beginning. There's no information. So what this is going to do is allows allow us as the viewer to see more. Um, what shows really are successful or is Amazon just telling me that it's successful, right? The success metric requires that a production be watched by at least 20% of the streaming services domestic subscribers during the first 90 days of the year, okay? So say Netflix has 77 million domestic subscribers, 15 Mm. million of us have to go in and watch (laughs) that particular thing in the first 90 days who knows? Are we watching the first five minutes of it? Are we watching the whole thing through? Right. I don't know that because, of course, again, this is a big secret thing, unlike what used to happen with the Nielsen boxes, right? Yeah, <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, I think that's pretty, I think that's pretty substantial because once that metric of success has been achieved, it provides a mm-hmm, 75% mm-hmm. increase to both domestic and foreign residuals. For the actor. Right. Which are criminally low. Yes. <laughs> as they but, are. <laughs> <laughs> but now they've actually negotiated a way to see a little bit more inside how the sausage is being right. made over there at those streaming services. That is pretty good. And 
I'm no expert on residuals in commercial film or anything, because that's always handled so separately with paymasters and mm-hmm. charts and graphs and um, whatnot. So I don't even know what the existing uh, residuals are, but we do know that they're incredibly low. So any increase for a successful show is is good news. 100%, because there weren't any. And now there will be. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So there's something else very exciting, Lawrence, that mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. I mean, blew my fucking mind. But, <laughs> okay, so <laughs> this goes back to reading your fucking contract, right? Yeah. Apparently, when these types of things were negotiated up front with the actor, um, part of their compensation, these residuals that they were going to get, this low amount of residuals, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, were wrapped into their initial salary offering. What? So, yeah. So, <laughs> so say, hey, I'm going to make, I don't know, 50000 an episode for 10 episodes mm-hmm. of this show that I'm about to star in. Fantastic. Apparently, um, part of that 50000 wrapped into it was residuals. Oh. So, but it was never clearly or even, uh, it was never clearly defined, nor did it need to be. Mm. So, um, you know, you were to say, oh, 50 grand, great. And then I'll get some on the back end. No. Uh-uh, no. <laughs> <That> <laughs> oh, so, so apparently people were getting like actors were like, wait a minute, you know, like a year later after the show is a huge success, they're realizing that they weren't getting anything else because they, oh. because they were being told all of a sudden, no, that was part of your initial, where do you gave that to you? Oh my God, that's crazy. I mean, I get that. I know, I get how successful it is, but guess what? We already... We already paid you. Yeah. Oh, geez. So so what part... I know. So what part of this contract has is um, a separate rider. You're now going to be given a separate rider for advanced pay. So they actually have to spell out for you the... Which... Should have happened, mm-hmm. I know, because mm-hmm. I do it in, in the contracts that I make on very low-level yeah. non-union right. yeah, <laughs> like yeah, commercials, yeah. right? Yeah. But here, here's your session fee for each day you show yes, up. You're right. going to be making $1,000 for 12 hours, whatever it fucking right. is, right? Then you're going to get this much contributed to your, your pension and welfare and blah, blah, blah. And then after that, you know, this will be what you make for overtime. And then here's a separate writer for all the advancements that you're going to receive on your residuals. Right. For right. X amount of time. So, <clears throat> right. Yes. And then also they're going to break it up and not just pay you in one lump sum. You're going to get separate checks for that so that you can actually visually see it. Uh-huh. And I know I hear some of you out there like, just math. No, it's not that. It's that these are two very separate things that you're getting paid. Mm-hmm. One is based on your labor. Mm-hmm. And the other is based on terms, usage, um, and, you know, how successful the show is, all of that. That should be separate because it's technically not labor. Right. It is no. Right. So in my opinion, this is fantastic because you're going to get paid on your labor, then you're going to get paid the rest of the stuff, which right. should be separate. Yeah. So better reporting. <laughs> well, that's good. Transparency. <laughs> Transparency. Transparency. See, this exactly. is this is again. This is a, a big thing about this contract: uh, inf- informed consent, transparency, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that's really important. Okay, all right. Yeah. I mean, and there's some there's an educational value to this too. Like, if you um, the more informed you are, the more educated you are about what you're signing away with your right, your rights. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, there is so much more you could learn about this contract. We will point you in all the directions. We can't sum it up in this episode. We've already gone so long. 
But uh, at least hopefully we gave you a good understanding of what uh, what everyone's talking about. Yeah, and um, it's groundbreaking. It's setting standards for the next 50 years of how we do shit. It is setting standards for this will just trickle down into all the other unions, all the other content, everything. It'll just, it'll be good, especially for AI because oh, it's gosh. the Wild West out yeah. there. So, And I know there's still a lot of, a lot of people who aren't convinced this is a, this is a good deal. Um, they may be, they may have, they may be right. You know, I'm not a sag after member and I, I don't yeah. know all those struggles and what they were hoping to get, but um Hey, this is what this is what's on the table. So I'm excited to see if it gets ratified or not. I am too, and hopefully it gets us back to work. So um, I want the them to be taken care of. Important thing yeah. is getting people back. Yes. Well, no, the most important thing is that they're taken care of moving forward, and hopefully we can get this industry back on track. Yeah, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed, Christian. This was lovely, very informative, very educational. I'm exhausted. I need another drink. <laughs> how, how do, how do people get a hold of you if they want you? SisterChristianProduces.com. And Lawrence, how do they get you if they want you? LawrenceTLewis.com. See you guys next right. time. Producers Happy Hour is brought to you with the help of the handsome Christopher Daniels. Who is a design and branding specialist. And Brendan Russell at PodLad.com, who is our fabulous editor. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to dive deeper, subscribe to our listeners' newsletter. Simply go to ProducersHappyHour.com to sign up. Thanks for listening, and remember... Enjoy happy hour while you can. Because making shit is hard. <laughs> <laughs>